potato. With Rick Reed and the thrilling adventure, The Voice. The Green Hornet strikes again. There was great excitement and turmoil at John Waterbury's campaign headquarters. A large suite of rooms on the 18th floor of the downtown hotel was overflowing with newsmen and campaign workers. Announced over the radio in the other room that Payson's going to speak. That's Payson now. The return from the past hour has shown a steady increase of votes for my opponent, John Waterbury, for the office of district attorney. His lead is such a substantial one that I decided at this time to concede the election to And my thanks to all of you who have voted for me in this campaign. Thank you, and good night. Probably the work of some crank. 
Uh, don't for a moment connect with the opposition. I'd like to hear it. Have you any way? I have a playback machine right here. Uh, put the record on, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, did you try to recognize the voices on it? <laughs> well, it's definitely not peace nor any of the speakers, if that's what you mean. Shall I start it, sir? Yes, let's see it. Oh, but, Chief, 
What he says don't make sense. He's mixed up somehow. We ought to... Now, hold on, Johnny. What Axford just told us does make sense, as far as it goes. Sure, that's right. What crashed through the window and how it was made to do so is, of course, quite a mystery. That's just what the inspector said. It can't take part of it. <laughs> Next, they'll be saying was a plane out of control like the one that bumped into the Empire State Building. Only this plane came right through the window and blew up in Waterbury State. If you don't like what uh, they say, Gillingham, call them up and tell them. Don't take it out on me. Axford, forget it. Where's that record, the one that Bert told you? Uh, soon they have it in headquarters, Reed. I see. Well, you'd better go down to headquarters and keep tabs on things. And see if it can come back with a theory we can figure out next time. I'll bring the news as I get it. That I will. Yeah, but get it straight. Now get going. But keep me posted, Axford. Okay, Reed. That I will. And you, Gunnigan, I'll be seeing you later. What do you think about that voice business, Chief? Well, right now, I don't know what to think. We'll just have to wait and see what the police turn up. I'd like to know more about the candidates for the office of district attorney coming in. One of our reporters could get a lead on that voice. It would... Oh, wait a minute. Yes, Mr. Reed. Miss Case, I want you to get me all the data on Payson and Waterbury and the men who were to be their assistants. Well, I can get that for you all right in my file. Good. Not right now. I'll get that data for you right away. Sorry, Chief. I think you'd be wasting your time trying to get a lead on the voice. Frankly, I don't think the guy who made that record had anything to do with the explosion that killed Waterbury. Well, that remains to be seen, Cunningham. Well, I'm going back to the city room. See you later, Chief. Waterbury, Mr. Reed. Well, thank you, Miss Case. I've gone through all the rest, but it hasn't told me much. Oh, I'll get it. Mr. Reed's office? Yes, let me talk to Reed. Oh, just a minute. It's Axford for oh. you, Mr. Reed. Hello, Axford. What's up? Reed, I thought you'd like to know the cops made precautions of everybody's voice on the patient trial, so as to compare them with that record of the voice. Have they found anyone whose voice is similar? Not yet. Well, listen, Axford. Arrange with Sergeant Burke for me to come down there and hear the test. Sure. He'd be glad to have you, Reed. Hold on a minute, Reed. Axford left the phone for a minute. Maybe there's some news coming in from headquarters. Oh, wait. Hello? Hello, Axford. Reed, Sarah just came in and told me something that'll knock your hat off. I'm waiting. He says the chief of police just got one of them threatening records from the voice. I gotta go. So long, Reed. But wait. Axford, I... Uh, He hung up. What did he tell you? The man who calls himself a voice has had another recorded threat. This time to the chief of police himself. Bruce Reed went to police headquarters where he listened as the various recordings were compared to those made by the voice. Later, he stood in the press room at headquarters talking to Axford and Sergeant Burke. Have you confined your investigation to the patient crowd entirely, Sergeant? Not entirely, Mr. Reed. But it's been determined that whatever it was that exploded in Waterbury's office came through the window from the outside. Yeah. And that big window is only 18 stories from the ground. That would seem impossible. No, it's impossible, Reed. That's what I keep telling Sarge. In spite of what you say, Axford, the experts we sent up there from headquarters all agree on that fact. They know what they're talking about, Axford. Okay. 
So they know what they're talking about. To my way of thinking, Sarge, you ought to get Payton and give him a grilling. That vice guy wanted him to win the election, looks like. You do your reporting, Axford. Let us cops decide who's going to be grilled. Axford, Payton may not have had any knowledge of what was going on. Naturally, he'd take support in the election from anybody. He's the type. Yeah, good thing he lost. Of course, we don't know much about Eaton, the assistant DA who will now move up into Waterbury's place. But I, I guess he's okay. I'd like to meet Eaton. Axford, we'll drive over and see him before we go back to the set. Okay, Eaton. Well, thanks for your courtesy, Sergeant. We'll see you again. Come on, Axford. had gone to police headquarters to listen to the recording of The Voice. He expressed a desire to meet Mr. Eaton, who is now acting district attorney, and suggested that he and Axford pay Eaton a visit. A short time later, Britt Reed and Axford sat in the district attorney's office talking to Eaton. I hope, Mr. Eaton, your office will put its full weight behind the hunt for Waterbury's killers. If you don't do something soon, Mr. Eaton, that their voice might get notions about you. I'm not afraid of that. Here are the papers you wanted, Mr. Eaton. Oh, thanks, Pep. Hey, now, I know you. You're Mr. Tutwiler, the bookkeeper in Waterbury's brokerage office. Mr. Tutwiler is now working here with me. He's my right-hand man. Tut, meet Mr. Reed and Mr. Axford from the Daily Sentinel. Uh, how, how do you do, Waller? Well, I saw Mr. Axford at campaign headquarters. He was there when... when Mr. Waterbury... Sure, uh, I was there, all right. I understand you were present when Mr. Waterbury received that record. Well, yes, I warned him to take it more seriously than he did, sir. I felt sure the voice and his followers were ruthless and strong. I see. Well, I'm glad to have had this talk with you, Mr. Eaton. You can count on the Sentinel to back you up if you follow through with the cleanup campaign you've outlined. Thank you, Mr. Eaton. I'm delighted you dropped in to see me. Come in again. We'll meet again, I'm sure. Come on, Axford. That evening, Britt Reed went to his apartment where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet was waiting. Police not find anyone who will talk like the voice? Not yet, Cato. Now that the chief of police has received one of those recordings, they're making an extensive search. You look like the voice wanted Payson to win election and be district attorney, maybe. I'm not so sure. Cato, I'd like to have one of those recordings so we can experiment a bit. The records are being kept as evidence, no doubt. Yes. They won't put them out of their hands. But I'd still like to get one of them. Where do they keep records? In a small room on the ground floor just off the fingerprinting department. We went in there to play them. They're in a file case there. Oh, Green Hornet's not there to approach police departments, really. The Hornet dares to do many things, Cato. When it's necessary. You take risks, then? What do you think? I'm ready. Let's go. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of the closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as a hiding place for the sleek, superpowered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. 
Meanwhile, at police headquarters, Cassidy. Yeah, what you want, Charge? Take this list into the dispatcher's room. Have them radio the men in these scout cars to pick up every suspicious character in their district and bring them in for questioning. Okay, Charge. What's that? What's happening at the back? Down the hall. Come on, Charge. Great day. What next? In here, Charge. I was in here matching up some fingerprints when I heard something in the other room. I opened the door and saw the green hornet climbing out of the window. The green hornet? Why did he come here? I guess that was the team. Quiet, everybody! What was he doing in there? Do you know? The top file door was open. He took one of them records of the voice. What? Shut up, all of you! Cassidy, tell the dispatchers to put out a call to all cars to hunt the hornet. Okay, sir. I'll tell the chief about it. At least we know now that the hornet's connected with the voice in his gang. And if it's the last thing we do, we'll hunt him down one way or another. A short time later, Rick Reed and Cato arrived at their apartment with the recording of The Voice. Put the record on the phonograph, Cato. I want to study that voice. Oh, yes, sir. I uh, start it now. Oh, yes. Why are you not listening to all the recording, Mr. Briggs? Kato, he speaks as though he had written that down and learned it by heart. I remember hearing a certain person use wording exactly like the sentence in that record. What sentence you hear used? My followers are ruthless and strong. Only instead of my, he used his, since he was discussing the voice. But that's not definite proof that he is the one. No, of course not. But it sets me thinking. Cato, set the needle back and start that record over. Yes, sir. Now do exactly what I tell you. And perhaps our experiment will disclose the identity of the voice. man pretty smart to think of a scheme like that, Mr. Bruce. Well, someone else may have given him the idea, Kato. We'll find all about it soon. There's his home just ahead. That small house to the right. Better park in the shadow. Yes, sir. Come on. House dark. Did I see cracks of light around show the basement window? We'll slip around at the back and find a way into that basement. Then there'll be fireworks. Cautiously, the Green Hornet and its helper silently approached the rear door of the basement. Opening the door with a skeleton key, they entered and moved along a passageway until they stood before a closed door, from behind which they heard someone talking. What do you mean by that? I'm just getting an idea of what he does mean. Wait here. I'm going in. Hey, what the? Look, it's the Green Hornet. Right, killers. Quite a setup you have down here. For a bookkeeper, Tutwiler, you seem very efficient at building model planes. That's a fine job you have there on the bench. Well, it's just a hobby. I, I, I suppose the assistant VA has the same hobby. That is. What kind of you did you mean? Are you applying his knowledge of radar and electronics so your model planes can be radio controlled? He found out. I admire your cleverness, Eaton, but not the use you put it to. 
It was one of those radio-controlled model planes that carried the explosive into Waterbury's office and killed him. I admire your cleverness, too, Hornet, in being able to figure that out. Well, why did you come here? What do you want? Protection, perhaps? For me in my capacity? From now on, Eaton, you won't be in a position to give anybody protection. Eaton, don't let this criminal tell you what you're doing. you. Meek little crack brains like you that get the delusions of power at the expense of those who trust them. That voice business certainly wasn't your idea. It, it, it was Eaton. He would have made you the fall guy eventually. But now both you of you... won't live to tell what you know. A bullet from this gun. Oh, no, you don't. Stop that gun. My heart is... Ow, ow. Now this will settle you. Look on it. You can work with it. We let Very you... Very clever, Making the police think the voice was probably backing the opposition. But all the time, you worked for Waterbury's election. I think that you can work with You him. wanted him to win so Eaton would be his assistant. Then by killing Waterbury, Eaton could take over as DA. You're through as of now. Now take it. No, no, no. Gas, I... Oh, oh. Cato. You all right? Yes. Give me that record. Here it is. I'll put this there so the police can pick it up. Then you can phone them to come here and pick up these killers. When the experts from headquarters see this equipment, they'll get the whole picture and make these rats talk. The following morning at police headquarters... I'm glad you came down with Ashford, Mr. Reed. He wanted you to get the story firsthand. He said he was afraid you wouldn't believe him. Well, I would like to know what it's all about and how you found out who the voice was. See, like I told Gunnigan, the cops got a car that the voice and the harness were at a certain address. Yeah, and when we got there, Mr. Reed, we found Eden out cold along with a guy named Tutwiler who worked for Waterbury. Sure. And there was a lot of stuff there in the basement workshop. A model plane, for instance, fixed for radio. Could that oh, how Waterbury was killed, Mr. Reed? Tutwiler told him there was a phone call in his private office. That got him in there so Eaton and a helper of his could release a model plane from a mobile unit nearby and send it by radio control directly into Waterbury's office carrying a small bomb. Say, come to think of it, Eaton was a radio technician during the war, wasn't he? He sure was, and he put his knowledge to bad use. That voice business was a red herring to throw people off the track. They wouldn't suspect a neat little guy like Tutwiler. When the cops grilled Tutwiler, he screamed all over the place. That he did, Ashford. But it doesn't seem possible to me that that little man Tutwiler could be the voice. That's the surprise, Reed. Put that record on and show him how it's done, Sarge. Sure, sure. Uh, now, listen. As it plays, I'm going to gradually increase the speed of the turntable. Now, listen to it. Now, here it comes. I know the voice. Last night, 
And Lester took Wiley's place when he had a fight with his pals. The less said about the green horn and getting that record, the better I could. Oh, don't worry, Sergeant Burke. It won't be mentioned. We can forget that as long as you were clever enough to figure out the rest of the case. <laughs> clever people always amaze me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm even more amazed, actually, that so many clever people use their cleverness to commit crime. <laughs> you sure must be amazed at the green harness, then, Reed. <laughs> He's a clever one, that guy. <laughs> I'm sure the Hornet would appreciate the compliment, Axford. That is, of course, if you heard you say it. Uh, maybe Axford thinks you'll meet up with the Hornet. Tell him about it, Reed. Well, I'm afraid any meeting I'd have with the Green Hornet would, as a magician says, have to be done with mirrors. Ah, listen to that now. He'd do it with mirrors, he says. <laughs> Ain't that something, sir? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mr. Reed always has a ready answer to silly questions. <laughs> sure. And that shows how clever he is, sir. That it does, Axford. That it does. <laughs> 